Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be across this beautiful blue-green globe of ours. Welcome to Real News Live. It's a toxically masculine Tuesday, and I do have a special guest, the original Mark Z, joining us here in a little bit after I do the news, but welcome to the show. It's great to have everybody here today. Okay, I think the biggest news that we got yesterday absolutely, absolutely is the news that the mask mandates at airports, government facilities, and on airplanes have been lifted by a very, very brave Trump-appointed judge. Let's watch a video of an announcement on an airplane, I think in midair at this point, uh, from yesterday. Let's hear it. Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and on foreign aircraft. Immediately, masks are optional for all airport employees. You remember the masks inside U.S. airports and on foreign all right. Well, that is uh, super awesome. I, I guess there were flights all over the country that were greeted by um, greeted by these cheers uh, as flights in midair. People took their masks off. They uh, there's videos of uh, flight attendants singing and walking through the aisles with garbage bags. Everybody throw their masks in the garbage bags. And uh, a bunch of top U.S. airlines have come through and said, absolutely, that we are done with these mask mandates. They actually requested that Biden drop it uh, several weeks ago. So with the list is American Airlines, United Airlines, Alaska Airlines have come through, Delta Airlines and Southwest have all said no more masks, no more of this BS. And this, of course, is a great relief to everybody because let's face it, this whole thing was complete nonsense. From the beginning, masks do not protect you from anything like the coronavirus. They're going to protect you from the cold, from the flu, anything like that. So just get rid of them. It's a great day for America. But don't kid yourself. They're already coming back, trying to double down now on force vaccinating the entire planet. And we all know what's going on. I have a friend. I have a friend named, uh, well, an ex-friend named Coyle Girelli. He's a fantastic musician and a singer. He used to, he started out in a band called Your Vegas. Then he formed a new band called The Shevin. You may have seen them on, on Letterman's show back in 2012, 2013. And now he's gone solo. Terrific songwriter, amazing singer, amazing voice. And he's into UFOs. And he and I became friends. But we separated when I supported Trump because he lives in New York. He's He's bl brainwashed, blindsided by all the libtard stuff going on in New York. And we just couldn't stay friends. And, you know, I just happened to sneak around and look at his Twitter. And he says, oh, I just got COVID after my fourth, third or fourth booster shot or whatever it was. Thank God I had the vaccine or I would have been a lot sicker, which, of course, we all know is complete nonsense. By the way, uh, I know Mark's listening in the background on this show. We don't care. We can use any word we want on this show because I'm going to delete these YouTube videos later on anyway. So uh, screw the censorship. But I mean, it's just insanity. And they are going to try to double down on that insanity. And now they're going to try to escalate the forced vaccines. But I think the one thing that's going to keep them from doing that, not only will be a lot of these Trump appointed judges, but also the fact 
that we have um, we are have an election coming up, and they are apparently afraid of of losing that. But Coyle, I'm just going to tell you, man, you're an amazing talent. I can't wait to see you become a big superstar, and you can come back anytime. Once you wake up, I'll be here to help you out, buddy. Okay, so in other news, uh, Joe Biden or the actor who's playing Joe Biden, according to Jen, who's pretending to be Joe Biden, had another Joe Biden moment uh, yesterday at the White House Easter egg hunt, which I'm not sure why was it done on Monday instead of Sunday, because the Bidens, you know, on Sunday, they're trying to stay out of the church and uh, hang out and worship Moloch. Let's let's watch. Let's watch Joe Biden from from yesterday uh, from the Easter egg hunt. He's wandered over because he saw a group of little kids. So he wants to go over and molest these little kids and uh watch what happens watch what happens when afghanistan gets mentioned so he starts he starts talking to a bunch of uh, kids and reporters with reporters present present about um, vaccinations. And then he brings up Afghanistan and the Easter Bunny. Literally, the Easter Bunny is an operative who apparently has been ordered to follow the president around and keep him from getting into trouble and drags him out. Who the Easter Bunny has the right to tell the president what to do and where to go do it. I mean, that's absolutely insane. And it once again shows the weakness, the incredible weakness of this fake president who was not elected as we all know. And I think now they're, again, they're just trying to show it out in public because I think they're getting ready to remove him. Now, um, one other thing that I think is really significant is that there have been developments in the war in Ukraine which really isn't a war. It's a military operation. I wouldn't call it a war. I actually got this link from Mark uh, today. So thank you. It's the New York Times and it says, Ukraine live updates. This was updated 32 minutes ago. Russia declares new phase of war as forces clash in the East. And Ukraine said it was resisting Russia's initial thrust into a, sp in a sprawling offensive that could reshape the conflict. The Pentagon estimated that Moscow has added thousands of troops in Ukraine in recent days and again there's more artillery barrages that are actually coming from the ukrainian military that they're trying to make look like the russians are bombing the poor ukrainian people um you know this is all a bunch of stuff about the russian artillery strikes and you know what i'm finding is i saw um i saw a photo the other day of a um uh, of a tank turret that had supposedly been blown away blown off by the uh, Ukrainians using their fierce defense missiles, defense weapons, and stuff like that, and I'm like, "Where's the rest of the tank? Was this a is this a turret just sitting in the street?" And they're trying to claim, "Oh, we destroyed a Russian tank. Looked like surplus Ukrainian tank equipment to me." But hey, that's just me. Now, why this is significant <clears throat> is because of yesterday's show on the Monday update I did with Jen where she talked about what she was getting was what's going to be happening next, which is an escalation of the conflict. And if you look at where she talked about, she talked about the four pillars, the four pillars of the cabal being Rome, which of course is the Vatican, Washington, D.C., which is Biden and the cabal, the East Indies, which is Indonesia, 
and the Baltics. So if you look at a map of Europe, what you can see, you know, pretty clearly here is, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it? Uh, what you can see is that um, Russia used to control all of this area. Now it only controls this part of it, but there is this small region called the uh, Kaliningrad. And between them are the states of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And again, so what I think is going to happen is that this offensive is going to move into Estonia, Latvia, and, Lithu and Lithuania with the excuse that Kaliningrad needs to be reunited directly with Russia. What they're really going to be doing is clearing out the deep state elements in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And of course, we all know that eventually where this is going, as Jen told you yesterday, the head of the snake is in Bosnia. And I think probably in the Bosnian uh, pyramids, this is not a human entity. This is a evil, evil thing that, that she's looked at, that we've talked about, that is residing somewhere in here. So, I mean, there has to be a far more open conflict than simply around the edges of Ukraine. And there's supposed to be a small offensive going on in Odessa right now. Um, there has to be a much broader, more open conflict in order for this to happen, unless, unless it is NATO who intervenes in Bosnia because of the Serbian civil war to take this thing out. But that is, as we understand it, the plan, the future, what we're expecting to happen. So, I mean, I think it's really, um, really something to keep our eye on really something to very, very carefully watch. Why is Facebook hitting me with these updates? So um, that's where we stand in the news. And I, I just think it's really quite extraordinary that we have this president who's being led around by the Easter Bunny. We have an open war in Ukraine, which is about to escalate. And around all that, we have what we've been hearing about for a long time, Nisera and Jacera. And that all this stuff is connected. I was told about Nasera before I bring our guest in, that part of the settlement of Nasera was China and Taiwan will be reunited under a new republic, not the Chinese Communist Party, and that the Baltic states and the Crimea and parts of Ukraine were going to be ceded to Russia. That's right where we're at. That's what we're looking at. And it's happening right before our eyes. Okay, my special guest today, I'm going to bring him in now, is uh, the wonderful, the amazing, the original Mark Z. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, the reason I'm bringing Mark in is because we're talking about the financial aspects of things. When when I do his show, um, hey, Mike, uh, who to who exactly told you about Nisera Gisera? I can't tell you that, but... Well, it was the mechanic. I have a source named the mechanic, Mark. Well, I call him the mechanic. And you can, if you if you know your Charles Bronson movies, you can figure out what that means his job was. But he had personal security duties for two American presidents, one of whom was a good guy, one of whom I'm not so sure about, but he swears by. So we'll see. But he um, <clears throat> he's the one who told me. So Mark is an expert in the current season and originally when i did this show i wanted real news live to just be the news we tell you the truth about what's going on in the news but what's happened is that nasara jasara the currency reset all of this stuff has now become interconnected 
with the war against the cabal. And we've started to talk about it more and more. We started to talk about cryptocurrencies. So Mark is, to my mind, the leading expert, uh, in my opinion, on all this stuff. And I want to bring him in and just ask him so he can educate you guys in the audience um, a little bit more on on really what this is all about. So uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to type in. Mark just sent me a link. <laughs> I sent you a link um, for yeah. those who want to do a little. You can't chat, sadly. Yeah, yeah. you can't. Um, uh, Nasser was signed into law by uh, Bill Clinton, believe it or not, under great right. duress. I mean, you can act yeah. there. There's more than just a bunch of uh, kooky gurus out there or wannabe gurus talking about it. You can actually track this thing in the United States congressional record. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's you don't have to wonder if it's real or not. But you, you actually had me curious on the whole Bosnian thing. For those that don't remember the 1990s, there was another great push to um, – uh, kill evil back then, and unfortunately, uh, we didn't win the whole Bosnian Serbian thing. It was uh, because, because Bill Clinton was the president, right? Bill Clinton was the president, so he was really sabotaging the whole thing. So, well, yeah. A, 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 as a last screw you, um, Bush Sr. Uh, launched the offensive as a lame duck after he had lost his reelection bid and Bill had won it. That is when he actually went into the Ukraine in defense of the Muslim population there that was being persecuted by the, well, they say Christian population, but right. you can't claim to be a Christian population if you are raping, impregnating on purpose those women. And yeah, you can't get away with that. Rights, rights, wrong, wrong, whether you claim to be Christian, Buddha, uh, Muslim, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but it is interesting that you mentioned that about a head and a hub for that. For those that weren't well, paying attention throughout the 90s, uh, you had Yugoslavia, Milosevic, you had that entire region. Yeah, um, you know, I, you don't know Jennifer Fala. She's um, she's a friend of my brother's who became my friend and uh, call it what you want. Uh, remote viewing, psychic medium, whatever it is she does, she talks to the angels. I mean, that's who she talks to. She says she has obviously everybody has a personal relationship with Jesus. And I brought her on the show just to talk about all this stuff. And she didn't know anything about it. And immediately, Jennifer Falah Doreen, uh, jenniferfalah.com, she got, she started getting stuff about Nasara. Uh, by the way, I was told what my Nasara check is going to be, the exact amount, which is supposed to be by the end of this month. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, what was going on in the world. And she consistently was correct. She was more correct than Intel sources that I was getting. And frequently Intel sources corroborated her information that she was giving me three days a week in advance. As a, for instance, she said back on, I think it was um, uh, February 12th. She said, I was told, you know, by Jesus, February 12th, Donald Trump is going to be on the North lawn of the white house and they're going to swear him back in as as the president at six at six p.m. Eastern time. So, what happened on February twelfth, Mark? Well, at five forty p.m. First of all, Joe Biden, according to his schedule, he had left. He was gone. He had left. The, the, his motorcade had left. At five forty p.m., there's a guy named Penguin Six who follows all the activities on YouTube around the White House, and of course, we have um, Nancy Drew does the same thing. But he's filming. He's at the White House, and he said, "Well, here comes Marine One." What's Marine One doing here? The president's already left. 
and he's looking around and he said, there's no snipers on the roof. The air defense is not set up. There's no Marine guards at the doors. Nobody at the White House went through any of the normal procedures that they would do if the president was arriving. Marine One's lands, somebody gets off, and you can see these shadowy figures on the North Lawn of the White House. So that's the kind of thing that Jen does. 80 or 90% of the time, she's correct. So to make a long, you know me, Mark, I can talk. Um, <laughs> Go right ahead. So <laughs> to explain this, um, a couple of months ago, we were just talking about everything that was going on. And we asked about, you know, the cabal and all this stuff and who was behind it. And, and she said, you know, the head of the snake is in Bosnia. That's what she got from Archangel Michael or Jesus or whoever she was talking to. The head of the snake is in Bosnia. And, you know, there's these weird ancient pyramids in Bosnia. And she described a creature that a lot of people think fits the description of this Cthulhu thing. And yesterday... Yesterday, she came back again and um, and said she had gotten, you know, word from God that there was going to be moves against this area to um, to get rid of this thing once and for all. And that it was the primary source, the root of most evil on the planet Earth. It's not Satan, but that's what she said is that they're going to go after him and that all this World War Three stuff is a show worked out worked out under the Nasara treaties and the real target is going to be this thing so that's where it came from kind of your thoughts well one i don't know which way to run on this one because two i'm interested in what you're talking about so i don't know whether focus more on uh on currencies or not you, you guys just ask questions this entire reset Nasara comes from wanta reagan mitterand um way back right. in the day that's really properly named, but that's what they call it, the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand Protocols. Right. Um, good. They swear like sailors over here. That's going to make me feel a little better. Yeah, and again, feel free to use any word you want to use because, like I said, my I, this, I just gave up on monetization on YouTube after they deleted my third or fourth channel. So now I just, because of Rumble, thank God, it's always there. Now we just say whatever we want on the show. I delete it 10 or 15 minutes off of YouTube after we're done. And I push everybody to my blog into the Rumble channel where they can watch a replay if they want to. So go ahead. Say what you want. Actually, a really good idea. Some of my more controversial guests, like Mike Barr, I should start doing that. <laughs> yes. yes. Sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, But no, just thinking about you know the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand protocol, you guys have to think back to Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan. He, he attempted to get rid of the Fed. Of course, before him was uh, JFK. Uh, that, that attempted to get rid of the Fed, yeah, and, and and that entire process as they tried to push through it, and the goal was to do it in the '90s. That was when the first bombing of the World Trade Centers happened, where they tried to, for those that remember, a van in the basement. Uh, mm -hmm. They were trying to knock out the supports. Um, <clears throat> of course, they grossly misfigured. That was the first attempt to derail this because the gold certificates to reset the worldwide currencies from fiat back to asset were held, housed there at the time. Very fascinating stuff. I mean, just great stuff. We need to get Mr. Cottrell on here for you one time, Mike. That would be great. I, Mike Cottrell, if you don't know, is a guest of Mark's on Friday on his uh, Coffee with Mark Z. He's the guy who's going to push the buttons when the time comes. And uh, that, you know, hopefully that's coming very soon. So then that progressed. There was something that happened in 1999. Now, what most people don't know, 
and, and I've told this story a couple times, is that the United States has actually been in bankruptcy since 1789. The Constitution is a financial document, basically saying how we are going to distribute or offset, set off this bankruptcy. And so every 70 years, international bankruptcy runs a 70-year cycle. So every 70 years, we have to come up with a new plan to discharge our debts from the Revolutionary War. 1789 to 1859, well, what happened then? The Civil War, because the South said, we don't want to pay your debts. You Northerners, pay your own debts, and we're going to form our own country. Well, Rothschilds were having none of that. Then, of course, you go um, 70 years later than that, it's 1929. They crashed the stock market. They took away the gold and silver. They brought in the birth certificate as a financial instrument, as a security. Then 1999, well, they made some changes in the tax law in 1999, changes that I attempted to take advantage of. I don't know. You might know them, Mark. I don't know. You might really know <laughs> what I'm talking about, but it involves the numbers 10 and 99. So when people started figuring that out, I think the part of the plan was now we have to get the world, the United States on a war footing because that because the expenses of the war, all of which are going to benefit the banks, are going to be how you're going to pay and discharge it. So Basically, in you know, in 1789, we lost control of our national government. That's when they forced the Bank of the United States on us, the central bank, took away the national territory. In 1859, with the Civil War, they took away the rights, the sovereignty of the states. In 1933, 1929, they took away the sovereignty of the individual. You didn't have a loyal title anymore. You couldn't pay for a house with gold and silver. Yeah, in 1913, they uh, hijacked uh, the latest iteration of the hijacking of our monetary supply. Right, and we could do a whole show on that. And then in 1999, the new plan involved starting a Middle Eastern war. And the plan was, we're going to invade Iraq. We're going to print their new currency, which, by the way, all of the Iraqi currency is printed in the U.S., by the U.S., um, and then after five or 10 years, we're going to revalue it just like we did in Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan after World War II. And everybody who holds it is going to get really, really rich in fiat. But people found out about it. I guess Bush was sort of pushed to allow individuals to buy that. And the plan was, as I understood it, when I found out about it, it was 2009, 2010, when I kind of gave up on the 1099 thing. And I heard about this reset. And I'm like, oh, I got to get me some of that. So that's how I heard about it. So anyway, I I want to know, when did you first hear about the currency reset or the Iraqi dinar? And, how, you know, what's your journey? How did you get to where you are now? Boy, I'll tell you, that's going to start a, a strange one. Lots of military friends uh, coming and going forth, and they were being told, hey, uh, invest in the Iraqi dinar so that you can get paid back for the country you tried to save. They were told about the Kuwaiti dinar, which was set up for this uh, back mm -hmm. in the day. This was more of a Halliburton. Anyway, friends of the Bush senior clan, uh, you, you could monetize. They they knew about it ahead this for the internet before everybody could find out about it. And they monetized greatly. It dropped down to roughly the same numbers, eight, $900 per million uh, Kuwaiti dinar. And then it uh, when it revalued it, and you guys can look it up. Most valuable currency in the world now is the Kuwaiti dinar. At about like 330, 335, something like that. It went as high as 988 in the 90s when they revalued it back to its uh, 
old, old currency after they had taken it off of a, a war footing. And many, many millions were made on that one. The plan was to do the same thing with Iraq. They never planned for everybody to find out about it. But the power of the Internet, you can't hide things like you used to hide things. Right. Uh, everybody found out. They piled on. They started buying it. And now you have an elite that is terrified of you guys taking their first class seating on a jet. Terrified. Yeah. And yeah. So you heard about it from your from military friends. Um, and, and again, you know, again, folks, do you remember the late 90s? All of a sudden, all of a sudden there was no deficit and we had a surplus in the budget. And all of a sudden, Bush, when he came into office in 2001, started handing out Bush bucks. Where do you think all that came from? All that money came from? It came from the revaluation of the Kuwaiti dinar. That's what filled the coffers. So the plan was to use the Iraqi dinar to offset all of our national debt and all that crap. But that's been foiled, I think. And other currencies have been brought into it now. The primary ones, I guess, being the... Uh, the dinar, obviously, the Zimbabwe Zim, which if you don't have a $100 trillion note, you should go out and get at least one, 2008, 2009. Get one. You can about your trillionaire. Yeah. Uh, you can tell people you're a trillionaire because you got a little note. And, and, you know, there's just all these interesting things about it. If you look at those, they're not currency. It says pay to the bearer, which means it's a bearer bond. And then people are saying, oh, well, but bonds have to be, you know, eight by uh, eight and a half by 11 paper and all this stuff. And I figured out what it is. They're bond certificates, Mark. That serial number on that Zimbabwe thing is written on some eight by 10 bond paper somewhere with a serial number that's going to have a certain value. And nobody knows what the value is. Then you got the Vietnamese dong. But interestingly, when Jen said yesterday, Indonesia is one of the four pillars that has to fall. The Indonesian rupiah has been a very significant currency in this whole thing for the last 10 years or 11 years or what is it now? 12 years I've been following this. I told it was supposed to happen in June of 2011 was when they planned it. But that got that was the that was the deep state re currency reset. This is this is a, a, a better one. And, you know, so I. what what can you tell us about the Indone Indonesian rupiah? And do they have a lot of gold there? Because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they've got a lot of gold there. Um, on, on to, uh, well, back to, I'm going to back up for just a second after military telling me. Uh, then uh, Tom, business partner of mine, we we, we did the good old-fashioned uh, gold mining thing in Africa, in um, Mali. And we were back and forth transporting gold to our refiners. And majority of our buyers were sovereigns, um, Japanese government, number of governments, because they were preparing for this new world of asset-backed, gold-backed currencies, and they were buying gold left and right. We couldn't figure out why. So yeah, one of the sit-downs with um, our buyers like, you know, what's going on? And it's one of those where making certain nothing's uh, there, making certain your phones are off or covered. And, and they said, hey, look, there is a global currency reset that will occur. We don't know the timing. We've just been told to prepare. They were expecting it somewhere around the 2010-2012 period back then. Right. Um, they were expecting that reset as we all go back to sound money. Uh, and they were preparing for it, so they were buying up gold. They were telling me about Nasera Jacera, and these were representatives from a, uh, from a government uh, saying, hey, you know, so it's our job 
to start getting as much affordable without letting the whole world know, or people are not going to sell their precious metal. They're going to hang on to it because it's worth way more than, you know, at that time it was probably eight, $900 an ounce. I don't I have to go right. back and look at it. I don't remember off the top of my head. So they were trying to aggregate it before people found out and then hung on to their currency so that they could yeah, have more value in their national currency. So that's when I knew it was real. I had friends coming out with the military and they were telling me all this. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe I'll get some. And then when I had sovereign representatives in the industry buying gold to back it up from Nasir to Sarah, that's when I was like, aha. Uh-huh. And that's when I started buying. Well, it always made sense to me too, because you know the Reagan Mineron protocols, I knew about them. Um, and I, everybody could see the fiat system, the paper system was not, it was not sustainable because, as you often say, fiat always goes to its intrinsic value, which is what, Mark? Zero. That's false. Zero. Zero. So, um, and so the concept was an asset-backed currency system and not necessarily just precious metals, gold and silver. But, you know, in, in Iraq, they have oil, they have rare earths. Um, in Vietnam has the labor of its people that can be utilized. So that's how you're going to set all your currency valuations. And, um, when I knew it was true was when I talked to the mechanic about it and we were all trying to do all this sovereign paperwork and everything, and it wasn't really working. And I said, well, what do you, what do you hear about the Iraqi dinar? And he said, well, nothing really. And I said, well, you know, I told him the whole story that I had heard from my brilliant brother, Dave, who had figured this all out. And he said, well, okay, I'll ask around. And he came back and he said, well, I got, I got a hold of a friend uh, of mine who works at a three-letter agency that starts with clowns. And I told him about it. And he said, oh, that's a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's not going to happen. That's You're just listening to you know conspir- crazy conspiracy theories, internet fantasies. And so the mechanic said, well, why don't you go check it out, ask around. He goes, okay, I'll ask around. And, and he came back to him three or four days later and the guy at Clowns in America had spent $100,000 of his own money buying Iraqi dinar. So whoever he talked to in government told him, yeah, this is what's going to happen and this is the plan. So that's how I knew it was real. Um, you have now a bunch of contacts all over the world. You have contacts. I, I, I guess you've said it on your show so we can say it. You have contacts in Iraq, actually. You have people on the ground there. You have people uh, in Interpol who are aware of some of this stuff. And the question that, that to me hangs out that everybody's asking, everybody wants to know, is when's it going to happen? You know, you, you, <laughs> and I, you and I have been waiting for 10, 12 years now, and I'm ready to wait. Uh, 10 or 12 years now, but I'm, no, I'm not ready to wait. I'm not, I've been willing to wait, but I'm just about done. Um, but it now seems like until certain political events happen openly on the world stage. We're not going to get there. But am I right in saying that everything that needs to be set up for this to happen is ready to go? Yeah, that's that's definitely my understanding of it. Now they're waiting for some type of trigger event. Think about it, though. If they reset currencies worldwide, many people are going to lose out. Uh, the common class is going to uh, make out fine. So they've been fighting it left and right. It's going to cause a lot of upheaval, though. Uh, yeah. People realize they're, what they had put their money in is no longer something that's considered valuable. Others are going to find out it's more valuable. Either way, no matter how it play, plays out, 
going to cause great unrest. So they're trying to obfuscate obfuscate it. Obfuscate, yes. Obfuscate, yeah, something like with, that. With the right trigger event, so it causes the least upset. Also, uh, I am told they've been waiting for public approval numbers of governments to take a nosedive as they push their great reset so that an overwhelming majority of people cheer the event when it happens. When they start removing corrupt uh, politicians, they start getting rid of, you know, let's, uh, I'm just going to, you know, maybe a Macron, a uh, Justin Trudeau, a Joe or somebody, and they start getting rid of them. If those were if those leaders were popular at the time they did it, there would be great up, uh, unrest. I mean, people would be rising up, you know, shaking their pitchforks, lighting their torches. But now, if everybody doesn't like them, they're gonna pick up their pitchforks and torches. But they're gonna march with the military as they clean up, not against them. Yeah. So they've been waiting for that public opinion and that trigger event to pull it. And and they say that's why we're going through all of this shit that we're this shit show we're going through as a country right now is to to try to drive those poll numbers down, which they seem to be quite successful at. I'm a big advocate of shock and awe. Let's just you know, my friend, I told you about Coil Girelli, and you should buy his albums. There, it's marvelous music. It's kind of like the Killers or something, but better. And uh, but I, I I just can't wait to say. Hey, Coil, told you so. Now here, let me explain why. <laughs> let me explain why Trump is the good guy. Um, we're all hoping for that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's it's just like the mask mandate. Everybody was done with the mask. So everybody cheered it when it happened. Uh, and it's the same situation with this uh, with this particular incident or change. And it, and it will change the world very dramatically. But it, it's because look, there, there was a guy named J. Peter Grace who was on the uh, Reagan Commission talking about the deficit and the debt and the problems that we had. And one of the things he said is, look, if you confiscated every dime of income above $200,000 in this country, in the United States, not just tax at 40% or 50%, but stole, confiscated every dime of income above $200,000 in this country, you could run the federal government at that time for 19 days. I suspect it's more like 10 days right right now. So whenever Democrats talk about taxing the rich, what they're really talking about is you, is the middle class, because there aren't enough rich people. There aren't enough rich people. They don't have enough money. All the money is in us, in the middle class. So the reason this reset is so brilliant is because it, it will really, really puff up the middle class. People like you and me that have been, you know, living the middle, upper middle class life our whole lives and are going to really enjoy buying that luxury yacht or whatever it is we might get with our with our currency. So that's the plan is to have us go out and they would love us to spend as much money as possible to get all of our industries going again. Um, and so that that's part of the plan that makes sense. At, at this point, I'm uh, counting on revaluing currencies and making a lot of dollars so that I can afford Joe's gas. Yeah, there we go. You spend it all on gas. And and that that $200,000 shack down the street is now going to be a million dollars. But we'll see if that really happens. Um, you are an expert in many things, including, before we go to the audience, uh, including cryptocurrencies. What do you see the role of cryptos in this whole thing? I've, I've got some. I've got Theta. I've got XRP. 
Uh, I've got a new sponsorship deal with New Gen Crypto, which is going to be asset backed. Unfortunately, they, it looks like they're going to set up their exchange in Lithuania, which may be big, <laughs> which which is which according to other people is going to be a, an interesting hotspot here pretty soon. You, you might not let me talk to them. I see if uh, I can get them a better place. <laughs> well, but you're an expert in cryptos. What do you see the What do you see the the role of crypto in in the future? Because I think it's going to be paper and cryptos is how we're going to do everything. Yeah, I think the paper is going to be represented, um, is going to represent something from the blockchain. The blockchain means that they can no longer counterfeit it, create any more of it. So if you have a physical representation of it, let's, you have, let's say you have a bill and instead of a serial number, it ties you to that particular asset on the blockchain. The you, blockchain yeah. Yeah, what, one of the problems with fiat is they print more of it. Of course, they do that on purpose. They love fiat because they have a key indicator. What they're looking for is inflation. It means they never pay the debt back because they inflate it. The currency, a couple of percent per year. They're only paying a couple of percent per year. So basically it allows them to kick the can theoretically forever, as long as they can continue to ride that razor's edge because it continues to erode your uh, savings value, which does them just great. It means that they never have to, they can, they're gonna pay for it in some future dollar that's deflated uh, like crazy. It's really cool for them, really sucks for us, for the working yeah. class, um, really great for the ruling class, really bad for us. And, uh, it, yeah, and it you know changes our culture. It forces women into the workforce when they don't necessarily have to be and destroys the family and all those other evil oh, things. You really are toxically masculine today. I am. It forced you into a retirement home making sandwiches and cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, no, it, it definitely, it really does. I mean, if you want to know the number one overwhelming reason why the nuclear family broke down, it's fiat money. It was that need to pay the bills. All right. Um, one question my brother once asked before we go on. Um, we both know who Jared Rand is, and we can say Jared Rand's name on this because I'm going to be taking it off of YouTube. Jared Rand is a guy who started talking about med beds quite a while back. There's this new lady, Sky Prince, who's talking about med beds. But I've asked Jen, and I've, I've asked the mechanic about med beds and they both come back and said, yes, this technology exists. And there's varying stories about, you know, what it will do for you. There's the whole, we can age you back 30 years thing, which would be great. I'd love to be 22 again. Um, actually, I wouldn't. Actually, I wouldn't. I think about 30 is the perfect age. But, uh, you know, what do you know about med beds that you can share with us? And how real do you think they are? Yeah, I'm not certain I'm buying this celestial chamber that Jared talks about. Um, that one, I'm just, yeah. Uh, now, based on just good old-fashioned technology that we already know we have uh, in quantum physics, I can totally see one that will regrow a limb. Uh, there's technology. We got a story that released week before last where they have successfully reversed the age of skin cells 30 years. So we, we know the technology is there for a much longer life, much healthier life and being able to do these. So, yeah, for me, I'm a believer. Uh, Walter Reed Medical Center. Trump had come out of a um, uh, did a presser right out in front of it and they had just showed him all the two new technologies and he, he made comments like in the public eye, hey, they've got these, these beds or chambers and they can go in there, they can operate, they can fix a missing limb. 
and he's talking about all these great new technologies. Like, you know, in a few years, you're not going to need a doctor anymore. It's yeah. not going which to be all, all right. Exactly. And, but I mean, think about it. You, you've seen stories and stuff about sensors that you can put on your smartphone. That'll tell you what kind of bug you have. You'll breathe into it. It'll analyze it. You won't have to go see a doctor. It'll just tell you what you need. And then you have it set up and it'll automatically send the prescription down to your Walgreens, or your CVS. I mean, technology is going to do away with the need for majority of our doctors and nurses. I mean, it's even if we don't have Jerry Rand's celestial chamber, we know the technology exists. They, they've got them now where you go in the MRI, it locates a tumor in your brain. It does radio surgery on it. And without cutting your skin, the intersection part of the ways uh, of the uh, rays, excuse me, cooks it just, I mean, just removes it. I mean, we know the technology's there. Right. In, in this book way back there, that one, the choice that I wrote in 2010, I talk about um, propagating longitudinal waves through the ether, which is higher dimensions, the fifth, sixth, seventh spatial dimension. And you can focus them and they interfere at, they interfere with each other, light and sound and different things like that at a certain point. And they can, you can program it to do certain things like destroy a tumor or heal cells at the cellular level. It's amazing technology. It's actually existed for a long time. Yeah, I did read that thing about the skin. If they can, if they can make your skin cells 30 years younger, they can make every other cell in your body 30 years younger too. So that's where the de-aging process comes about. Um, the thing God, I worry about I'm like seven. Yeah, well, yeah, you're going to be much younger. Um, but you know, they're going to say they're going to say a lot of people aren't going to want to go back to that age. Uh, and and there's there's conflicting stories about whether or not that's going to be made available to everybody right away. But I certainly would like to be 30 years old again. And and uh, and oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? 22 years old again. And, um, <laughs> and you know, all that stuff's really. It, it, this is real technology, folks, that is out there that's been suppressed for a long time that we're going to get our hands on very soon. The wanted to clarify the celestial bed that uh, Mark is talking about is one of Jared Rand's story. It's, it's, it's an alien technology where they set they can change anything like they can make me six feet two with a, you know, built like a brick mm -hmm. house or whatever. They, they also whatever. make you a five foot three Hispanic lady. Yes, but they could make yeah, that could turn you into a newt. Remember the old uh, Monty Python movies? Yeah. Anyway, he turned me into a newt. Um, but well, I got better. But it's um, it's a and then you just stay that way for like forever for ten thousand years, and you never. I don't know. That's a little out there. But the rest of technology he talks about is absolutely, I think, um, something that that could come along and. And is right there. And I wanted to say one other thing. The other point I forgot to make, another reason why um, why I believe absolutely in the currency reset, and you can say anything you want about it, is Donald Trump believes in it. Because not only did Donald Trump spend $15 million of his own money buying Iraqi dinar before he was president, there is an interview, which you can go out and find, where he's asked about Iraq and the government of Iraq and should we support them and all this stuff. And he says, well, we've got $35 billion of their money in our treasury. 35 billion, okay, so a, a million dinar is about $1,100 right now. Let's just round it up to 11, so 1,000, that's a lot of dinar. It's enough to pay off the national debt. 
Another way you could pay off the national debt is to mint a 0.999 uh, <laughs> gold coin in the amount of $30 trillion, walk it over to the Federal Reserve and say, okay, your debt's paid. Bye-bye. You're out of business. So it's another way you could do it. But that's Black's Law Dictionary, 1933. Okay, Mark, let's get to the phones. Let's talk to some of these people here and and uh, ask questions. Uh, they want to talk about the currency reset, and then I'll let you go because I know you have a real job to get to. Mark, uh, that's this for Nancy Burks. Mark, I don't know. I know you don't know, but what is your best guess on how much the Bolivar, that's the Venezuelan Bolivar, will reset at? Thank you. Can you uh, guess on that? I wish I knew how many zeros to take, but what I'm hearing is you drop three zeros, so you've got to know the series of the, excuse me, you drop six zeros and you multiply it by 23 cents is my best guess with what I am hearing. Okay. So if you had a thousand dollar note, it would be uh, two or three dollars, and then you've got to do the math, 23, $23. So you'd have to do the math. That's my best guess, but it is not based on anything solid uh there's so much back and forth on it it is just bouncing i'd have to sit down here with a couple of series of notes and a calculator to give you my really best guess yeah uh, that's what i'm hearing but um one of your one of your sponsors i think it was cbd gurus uh was giving away boulevard if you bought some of their um their uh, cbd oil which i did for my pet i got to get more and so i got a couple I got some Bolivar somewhere and I'm hoping it, it becomes something. I've got some Rupia. I'm not telling anybody here what to do. We're not financial advisors. I have Dong. I have Zim. I have Dinar. I have Rupia and I have Bolivar. I think that's all I have. That's everything I have. So just, and I have lots of cryptos. Uh, Todd Gibbs says, this is the man show. We, we should, <laughs> the, right. world needs, the world needs the man show back because being yeah. a man, being a man is now, you know, that's why I call it Toxically Masculine Tuesday. It's like, they don't want you to be a man anymore. Well, men like girls, men like lots of stuff. Let's just be men. Um, let's see what else we've got. Rosemary Limo. Jen, Jen said, I have three checks. This is another thing. Is Jen, Jen says, the SAR checks are just going to show up in the mail. And this is interesting because I want to ask you about this. Um what she's getting about Nasara is that you're going to get paid back all of the mortgages, for instance, and loans and credit cards that you've taken out over your life. And she gave me a number of what to also, sorry, Mark, times 10. So it's fractionalized reserve banking. So in other words, let's say I had $500,000 in car loans, credit cards, and mortgages that I'd taken out over my lifetime. I would then get a uh, check in the mail for, or not in the mail, probably by courier when the time comes for about for $5 million. So it would be, it would be everything that I had taken out on a loan plus the, the, the 10, the 10 times because, and that the 10 times fraction fractionalization of that money, which makes sense because what happens is, is when you, fill out a credit card application, they take your signature, they take it to the Federal Reserve window, and they get your money to give to you and then charge you interest to pay them back, even though it's your money, and they get 10 times that. So you're going to get all of that back. What do you think? Does that make sense to you? Or is that kind of... I've not heard the fractional part of that getting back more. I've definitely heard that you get back anything you've ever paid in um, federal taxes. Right. Uh, as a lump sum straight out of the gate. And I'm hearing you don't get past loans, but you they just get removed. So if you've got a current balance, it's just gone. Anything that is institutionalized money, 
Now, if yeah. you owe, like if I borrow 20 bucks from Mike and this happens, I still owe Mike 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one, that's just the right thing. But on the yeah. banking side of it, the last crisis, uh, <laughs> when things started falling apart with the pandemic, we had a 2% rule until then. So what would happen was if you went and you put two grand, well, let's just keep it easy. Uh, you, uh, well, okay, uh, two grand in the bank. Let's do two grand in the bank. That is 2% of what? What, 400,000, something like that? I'd have to do the math, anybody? Uh, they were able to hypothecate it for that much. They never had it, but they could create it out of thin air. Meaning you got a $2,000 deposit. Now they can go and, ra- go and uh, loan out what, what would that be? I'd have to do the math. Well, if it's, if it's a couple yeah. hundred grand, hundred grand, whatever. Actually, hundred grand. So yeah, if you had two grand, it would be a hundred thousand. They were able to go give somebody a home loan because you had two thousand dollars in their bank. You put it in your savings account. Now they were able to go out and loan a hundred thousand dollars to somebody for a mortgage. Okay, that person got their first little condo, not nothing too cool or whatever. Then they sign that loan that they're going to pay them back for a hundred grand. It all started with two thousand dollars that somebody actually had hard work money. They put it in there. Now they got two grand in there. They could write the hundred. That hundred counts as an asset for the bank. Now they can go write loans for two million dollars. Right. And it's all hypothecated. It's all starting with that person's two grand, and it right. goes on and on. Then they make more loans as soon as you sign them, and they get approved for that loan. They cut you the dollars that they just created out of thin air, uh, then that's another asset. And the reality is if every one of us, and then they did away, now they don't even need 2%. They can literally just make it out of whatever, uh, a derivative debt. They literally buy somebody else's debt. Yeah, Never it's all debt. It's all, it's all, it's all, it yeah, it's all, oh, it's, it's all it, it is absolutely nuts. And the reality is, I mean, if we all went down to the bank, maybe 1% of us could get our money out. If we all went to the bank today, less than 1% of the money they say they have is what they have. Yeah. Can you can you imagine if the average person knew that their money in the bank wasn't there? Well, but it's insured by the federal government, who also doesn't have any money. <laughs> Mark, do you know about the red number on the back of your Social Security card? I do not. I've oh. heard somebody mention it, but right. I don't. So offline, when you have time, and I know you have a busy day, so I want to, I want to, you know, get you out of here in the next five, 10 minutes. Um, we'll have to have that entire discussion because there's more to this that, than I think either than we even know. I mean, you're telling me things I wasn't pot, didn't know about. And I, there's other things I know about that are, uh, that are pretty interesting. Um, by the way, Penguin six reported yesterday that the federal, that's the federal building is completely, sur- the fed building is completely surrounded by fencing and empty because they're going to do uh, renovations. In other words, they're having tribunals there. Um, Mike, it sounds like Gene Roddenberry knew all these deep, dark secrets and exposed them in the episode. <laughs> I don't know. He saw the future of uh, one need money. He saw the future of yeah. our economic model. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah. You no. can give us the Ferengi. Yeah, the Ferengi. It's funny. Uh, they were supposed to be Jews. Uh, I hate to tell yeah, you. Right. That hated them obviously uh he was pretty anti-semitic from what i understand which you know as a guy who's 20 percent it bothers me a little bit um but dave and i watched the last two nights the four new 4k director's edition of star trek the motion picture and while it is 
improved in many ways. You cannot improve the slow pacing, the stilted dialogue, the wooden acting. It remains a uh, irretrievably boring and not very masculine film. That's my toxically masculine recommendation. It is probably the best version of that movie, but God, that movie was such a crushing disappointment when I was 19, Mark. It really was. Or nine <laughs> years old, should I say. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Will uh, will the Forex market cease to exist after the QFS? And by the way, we didn't really talk about the QFS. The QFS is this newer thing that becomes the the computerized blockchain backbone of the new financial system. But Will it cease to exist after the QFS or will it change into something else? Will you be able to buy and sell currencies like you can now on, on that? I am told it will turn into just a uh, reporting agency. You won't be able to actually buy and sell on it. It will track as we move towards parity. Any, any differences you have. The goal is to get everything one-to-one around the world. And uh, Nasera Desera talks about it. Uh, Wanna Reagan Mitterrand talks about it. That's the goal is to move towards parity so that when you're going, so it doesn't create economic migration around the world where you have people fleeing one area so they can make more money in another area, that 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 type thing. It brings, and I know, boy, I'm afraid to say this, equality. Uh, it brings you know, a more playing field so people can't manipulate currencies on purpose to take advantage of uh, so that they can manipulate labor, force people to work for next to nothing uh, so that you've got one country full of haves and another country full of have nots. Go to uh, a vacation in Thailand. Yeah, exactly. Where, yeah. where your money's or, or, you know, in the U S spent years, yeah. you go to Mexico where you could buy a lot more with it, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, the, you know, there, there's a lot of exploitation involved. You can go to Thailand and, buy an 18 year old wife, you know, for 80 bucks a month. And it's just, yeah, there's really probably 13. Uh, yeah. Let's not I mean, it, it's a sick and twisted, the, the inequality or, or the lack of parity causes a lot of wrongs out it, there. It is an issue. Uh, Deborah Thomas says, I have a 25,000 dinar Iraqi note. Well, good for you. As long as it doesn't have Saddam on it, which it almost certainly doesn't if it's 25,000, uh, it's going to be good. And, you know, Mark, we still hear the rumor about the near, the nominal effective exchange rate that Iraq has waited so long for this. Gosh, 20 years. Next year, it's 20 years since the invasion. Um, and, and their people are suffering. And I know that they have these treaties they signed on to and all that stuff. But I, I do hear the rumor that they're just about ready to say, blow this out your ass and set their own rate of about, I don't know, what's oh, the, what, what do you Buck sixty. Yeah, dollar yeah. sixty is what I'm being told the near nominal nominal exchange rate is. Nominal yeah. effective nominal exchange. effective exchange rate. Yeah. I think I got that one right. Um, uh, that's what they're saying. But the, their goal is to do a full reset. Their value before this was uh three sixty three seventy before they were devalued. They were the most valuable currency in the world uh, before Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Uh, and they would like to go back to that rate or higher. They are saying in their government, in their uh, networks, that they will have the highest exchange rate in the world and in the region, the, in their region and in the world. Uh, that's pretty pretty impressive when you look at Kuwait, which is their next door neighbor that is at 330-something. So they're saying they're going to have higher than that in the last budget because the world has been such a shit show. They said that they would consider coming in with a the nominal uh, effective exchange rate, 
yeah. of a buck sixty. In other words, they would settle for that and then move to change the value of their currency later. So, yeah, think about that, Deborah. If all you get is that buck sixty, that twenty five thousand note you probably paid seventeen, eighteen bucks for, something like that. Forty grand. It's forty grand. Forty, yeah. Exactly. That's well, no, that'd be twenty five times. Well, you do the math. At a buck sixty. I did. I did. Yeah, twenty five thousand times a buck sixty. Yeah. Forty grand. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, how is that a miss? Yep. Yep. Um, don't forget the Libyan dinar that was the cause of the Libyan coup. Well, he, uh, what Gaddafi was going to do is he was going to create an African currency, a regional currency, a gold-backed regional currency. And if you look, as of you know the Obama administration, there were like five countries, six countries at the turn of the century that did not have Rothschilds or Rockefeller-owned central banks. What are the names of those countries? Iraq, Libya, Syria, Russia. Um, you got to throw Venezuela in there. They tried to go Venezuela, back to Venezuela, and there was um, one other, I think one other country. But look at where all the conflict has been in the 21st century. Look, look at it. It's all these countries. When they talk about Syria and trying to get rid of Assad, they're trying to install a Rothschild's-owned central bank in that country. That's why there's conflict there. That's why the war goes on. Um, yeah, Jen called them birthright checks, which goes to the whole birth certificate thing and all the money that's been stolen from you via taxes and the fake loans. And again, you know, Mark, we have to talk about sometime about about how the system really works and where the money comes from and how the Federal Reserve bases everything on your signature and your application. And really, when you get a mortgage, that's not a loan from anybody else. That's your money. They take it out of your account at the Federal Reserve Bank and then make you pay back your own money at interest to them. So, and it's never, they, I never had the money in the first place. Um, when they're released, someone will come to our door, a courier, okay? But my thing is, what if you move, hey, Rest assured, they'll find you, right, Mark? They know. They know where. If Mike and I go to the grocery store, they can tell you which gas station you stopped at. Yeah. Where, where you got your uh, Where you got your diet, Dr. Pepper? I mean, they can tell you everything yeah. about what. You yeah, do. I'm, get, I'm getting a message right now, Mark. They're telling me I paid a little too much at Costco yesterday. I should have gone to Fred right. Meyer down the street. It would have been too right. Okay, and believe me, these kinds of things, these these uh, prosperity package repay repayments and Nasara Jasara, that's not going to come in the mail. They're not going to drop these things in the mail. They're they're going to deliver them directly to you when the time comes. What can you tell us about also about prosperity packages? That's another part of this that we don't talk about much. Oh boy, I don't even know where to start. I have to bring in uh, Mr. Cottrell or somebody to give you the real history on that one. Uh, but they have been like reaching out to people with prosperity packages to uh, update uh, information, just like she's worried about with the uh, birth certificates. Right. Um, uh, it originally started as a plan to get humanitarian funds to the bottom level after the Wancha Reagan Mitterrand. After they reset everything, the goal was to get funds down to so it would go up. Money needs velocity, even if it's asset backed. If there's not enough to flow, the system breaks down. There could be all the money in the world, but if nobody wants to spend it and it's not being spent, the system breaks. You got to think of it kind of like electricity now, in your car. If you if you hook up the positive but don't hook up the negative, your bat your your uh, radio doesn't work. 
And that's the same thing in economics. So it was designed as a way to help address all the inequities over time, all of the wrongs. They could use these uh, prosperity packages for you and I so we can do good things, you know, take care of homeless people, uh, yeah. people yeah. that couldn't afford to go to the dentist, uh, pay whatever, that we could step in and fill that void and that you and I would know better than a government because that was one of Reagan's things. He did not think, you know, one of the scariest seven words, you know, from the government, I'm here to help. Yep. Uh, yes, to get it in, yeah, exactly. It was to get it in you and I's hands so that we could see people that were truly in need and bless them and help them. All right, uh, Mark Zen, Mark Z's thoughts on new gen crypto. Well, he doesn't know much about it yet. Uh, no. I'll send you, I'll send you a link. I'll send I'll hook up Paul Van Portlieb is the guy. It's you know, Mark. In some ways, it's almost like a multi level marketing thing, which by the way are not is not illegal. It's perfectly fine to operate that way. But yeah, um, all goods sold around the world are sold through some type of affiliate program. Yeah. It's it it's it's more it's more current than anybody here would give it credit for. I mean, it's. Right, right. It's and legit. Their angle is that they're going to be an asset-backed cryptocurrency. So um, I'll send you information on it when we get done okay. with the show. We got we got one last question uh, before Mark has to go because he actually has a real job, unlike me. And it was what was it? Oh, Simon Parks is ta talking. I see. Thank you, Simon. Um, somebody wanted to know what you think. My math is off. Is it 25,000 times 1.6 is not 40,000? Yeah, so that's got to be right at it. I mean, it's got to be like maybe 38 and change, but that's just my head having a tough time doing math. 1.6. Yeah, it's 40,000. So my yeah, calculator okay. is off, apparently. Um, what's, your, what's your best guess on um, – they're asking – I can't find it now. What's your best guess on the value of uh, the DNR when it does – revalue in a public way. And this brings up the whole issue of um, the fact that there are going to be different tiers because are, are contract rates a real thing? Is that 2850 rate really real? Yeah, God, I wish I know what to tell you. I don't think it is. Um, I'm being told two to three dollars more than the street rate. I can tell you that Iraq has has a goal of somewhere between 371 and 391 for a street mm -hmm. rate. Mm -hmm. As, and we're told that if your country was part of the liberation of Iraq, uh, and most were, unless you're like in China or Russia. So, I mean, if you're in Australia, they sent soldiers, Canada sent soldiers, UK sent soldiers, uh, then we'll get a couple dollars on top of that. So my guess is contract rates are going to be 6 to $8. Okay. And that's um, mostly what my banking contacts are telling me. Also, guys... It is a hundred year plan for the revaluation of the Iraqi dinar. So they have time to pay for it. They have an oil for dinar deal. And this is one of the reasons they can afford to pay you more for it than they will some of the other currencies because mm -hmm. they're allowed to turn it in for very cheap oil over time. So they can save that dinar. And then that country, that, that, that bank or whatever can turn it in for cheap oil. Uh, let's say it's, 30 some dollars a barrel that they're turning it in for and oil right now is like, you know, 150. I mean, they are making, they can afford to give you a premium because they are killing it. Yep. Yep. And it's interesting. Most people don't know this, but do you guys know when all of the final reparations were paid for world war one, Germany paid their last payment in 2018, a hundred years 
from the end of the war. So when they talk about these big financial events, it's over a long period of time for all this stuff to work out. Oh, Deb says she was talking about my age. My math is not off on the dinar. <laughs> You are, you know how old you are. You're as old as you can get away with in a bar with a girl. If you can, if you can say fifty-two or forty-five, and she doesn't flinch, you're in. All right, Mark. I thank you very much for being here. I know you have uh, real stuff to get to. I appreciate you being on so much. Uh, hopefully, I see you again for uh, for whiskey and wisdom on Thursday. I hope you have a great day and week. And let's uh, let's all pray this in, folks. Let's. Let's pray this in because it is a new future of prosperity for the human race, much more fair, much better arrangement than we've been living under for the last 2,000 years in the occulted age of Pisces. It's time for all that to end, time to move forward. Mark, thank you very much. Anything you want to say before you hit the road? Uh, no, I'm certain. Well, I'll be, I'll be more toxic next week. I'm having okay. to get used to being able to say what I want. So yeah. yeah. Warm up. Mark swore. Mark swore once on his on his um, on his uh, podcast, and it scared the hell out of me. I mean, it just it, it upset my inner child, Mark, because you're such a nice guy. Uh, all right, he's he's good cop. I'm bad cop. Thanks for uh, the original Mark Z out in North Carolina. Thanks everybody for being here. I'll be back tomorrow with Jen for Tell the Truth Wednesday. Love you guys, and I will see you then. Bye bye.